This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now one minute on the counter-attack. Forest Hello, you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And joining us for the opposition view this time round, once again, fourth visit, I think. Richard Honey, QPR fan. Oh, third. So he's just third going to be visit. Third visit, okay. Yeah. All right. How are you, Richard? How are you? I'm top of the world, living a dream in the real world, in the QPR world. But big problems. Not happy at all. Oh, now I, I vaguely remember you being I don't thoroughly come on here miserable. Happen. Yeah, thoroughly miserable last time, definitely, wasn't he? <laughs> Do you know what? The the best one of the best days of my life last year was for the way meeting Carl and having a few uh, a good chat and a beer before the game. It was good fun. I enjoyed it. Even getting smashed to pieces, I still had fun. So, but I've I've got a feeling this Saturday you're going to actually going to kill our season off this Saturday. Oh, well, so you well. started the misery. And you're going to finish the misery on Saturday, I think. I think most of us look back and talk about the the QPR game or the first 45 minutes, most certainly, and realise mm. that you were playing this dreadful practical joke on us because we thought, oh, my God, we're going to smash this division. Quite clearly, we are superb. Yeah. And it was like, and then we watched in the second half and went, oh, hold on, they might be doing something. And, oh, Armstrong looks interesting. We'll get to that. He came on and, and put himself yeah. about, which we were quite impressed with, I have to say. But we all yeah. thought, Oh, we're going to do really well. Mm, yeah, that wasn't quite right. You started off really poorly. What we have known now and been calling for quite some time, the Gareth Ainsworth effect, you did warn us, you did come on and you said, oh, God, no, this is going to be really bad. And even said things such as, I think I might want to go down in order to recoup yeah. and come back up, etc." Yeah. But, of course, Ainsworth is no longer there. You've now got somebody called Martis uh, Fuentes. So... Take us through the season after the first 45 minutes of the season when you duped us into thinking we were good. 
Well, to, to, to be fair, Pete, the first 90 minutes, let's be honest, it could have you could have scored another four in the second half. So it should have been more. And I think that was a better indication. I did listen to the phone in after. I did smile thinking you really don't want to be using us as a barometer. And the fans, your neck of the woods, were getting a bit overexcited, I felt, because we are toilet. We are really bad. But that was <laughs> under, under Ainsworth. It was. We have, we did improve a little bit just before Christmas. There was a bit of a feel-good factor. But if you look at the table now on the back of three or four straight defeats, we are really in the mire. It's really bad situation to be. We have our technical director of football today. We haven't replaced our director of football. So I think the rumours are we're actually heading for a points deduction. We've got a oh. fine coming that we can't pay. Yeah, there you oh. go. Oh, hot really? off the press, that is. That's hot off the press. Reading. Reading all day long, we are at the moment. Reading, here we go. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. This is shocking news. Yes, so Sifuentes uh, yeah. came in at the end of October, beginning of, of November. You had, obviously, yeah. and then you had a three-game rallying spell where you beat Stoke, Preston, and Hull yeah. City, which were uh, three not bad results to go and get there. But yeah. that seems to have been, as you say, like a brief rallying call. He changed you to a 4-3-3. Is anything working yeah. at all, or is it just all bluff and bluster? No, it's better. All right, there's no money in the championship anymore, but it is a half-decent league, and there are a dozen to 16 decent teams in there. And you, you, I think the wins that we've got this season, which are few and far between, we've got lucky, as in the team that we play Preston, for example, were dreadful. They were dreadful. I think you spanked them a couple of weeks ago, didn't you, at Preston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you must think they're one of the worst teams you played this season, because I think they are. And they're in the top half of the league, aren't they? So it depends on when you play these teams. It's definitely had an improvement. I, I still stick to what I said at the beginning of the season. I, I actually do want to go down and I want to keep him as the manager and I want to try and I hope the club can get it back together again. But that's a risk, isn't it? Because you go down, there's no guarantee you're going to come back up and you get rid of your manager and then you're in no man's land again and all of a sudden you turn into Fleetwood and it, or you commit Harry Carey. That's what's going to happen. That league, League One is littered with teams that have done that. Yeah. And it, it still is at the moment. So it's a tough yeah. one to call. And I think, as you've just said, financially, you're probably not in the best place either. So it's, it looks no. at recruitment and all sorts, doesn't it, going down to League One? Yeah, it's, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, that the wage bill... The wage bill, when you consider it's a high, it's a high-ish wage bill. It's not the, one of the highest in the league, but it's high enough when you've got people like Jason Dezel on 14, 15 grand a week and he scored one, two goals in three. Yeah. That's a that's yeah, a I mean, it's just a, not heck of a wage for Jason Dezel to be on, bearing in mind he's about three years younger than me. Do you mean his son, Andre? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish it was Jason Dezel. Andre Dezel, you're right. And as for Alan Brazil right behind him, crikey, yeah, he's, he's slower than he looks. Yeah, yeah it's appalling. One of the Q, on the QPR, when I play the games live on a telly, one of the QPR commentators calls him Bozal, and I think that's more appropriate. I just I laugh every time he says it. I think, yeah, he's so... He does come across like he's had a split just directly before the game because he's so slow in what his thought process is. He's lit, he is better off in Amsterdam, that boy. He really is. He is one of your players who's played over and you haven't got many yeah. because no no team has many but he's played over 2,000 minutes for you that means yeah. old, old Dozel who, who looks like he's having a spliff in Amsterdam he's one to be relied upon that's not good let's go through the other 2,000 minute players and find out what you think how well they've done Azmir Begovic captain 
And, and now, how has he got on? Has he because first game he kept you, it kept it from being a, a silly score, really. Did he? He did. did he? That game he did. I, yes. I think. Well, I think that he's a big flapper. And if you've you guys wouldn't have wouldn't have analysed him as in visually, you've just got the stats. But he doesn't come out for the ball. He's not commanding enough. He's thirty eight. That'd be funny. Would you want your teeth kicked out at thirty eight years of old? Maybe at twenty one when you're young and youthful. But at thirty eight, no, you want to keep your teeth, don't you? Really? Well, first of all, I've never been young and youthful. I was born at the age of thirty eight, <laughs> and I've never wanted anybody to go. Oh, what I really want to do is come out here and have my teeth punched in. Never mind. Let's get to the next one. Kenneth Powell, yeah. left back. Now we did discuss him at Good. the start of the season. Good. Yeah. Ah, he's had a good season. He's the only, he's real. I think he's one of only three or four players that you could say, yeah, he's probably been the pick of the bunch. He's a good player. Ilias Chair. Oh, I love him. A player that many teams or many supporters fancy, but sometimes yeah. when you live with them, how has he been? Carl said it in the last time we spoke. He will get an Ilias Chair goal out of nowhere, 25 yards out, top corner, and everybody raves that he, you know, he's running the game. And then for three months, he'll go missing. So a great player, if he plays in a better team with better players, I'm sure he will look good and even better and be more consistent. But in our team, complete waste of talent in our team. Absolutely not suited to where we are at the moment. So he needs to move on to a, a Norwich that will elevate them or a West Brom. That's where he should go. He doesn't need to go to Norwich. He needs to come to Watford. That's where he needs he to would go. Do well at, he would do well at Watford. Yeah, I rate yeah. him. I like him. Yeah, he is a good player, but with good players, and he, he, bear in mind we haven't got any strikers, so he's getting the ball and he's having to do everything himself. And he's got no one to, there's no movement. Mm. There is no movement. What's he supposed to do? And he's he probably looking at the other players going, You're, you lot of dog shit. I'm just going to take this myself. He's like the 10 year old ball hog. He's he literally. Of Jao Pedro, Pete, mm. towards the end of his time at Watford, where he was doing too much, yeah. just trying to take everyone on, beat everyone. So he yeah. cuts a frustrated figure, I think, yeah. for the yep. our fans at the moment. Well, I told you, yeah, about a, friend, a friend of mine, his, his Sunday side, they had a ringer and everybody just, all, all they knew him as was Keith. And when somebody said, what's his surname? And it was, can play a bit. And it was Keith, <laughs> Keith can play. The whole strategy was get the ball, give it to Keith, right? Turned yeah. out his name wasn't Keith. His name was Kevin, but nobody had asked. And the, the Keith thing had just carried on for a long time. If he'd have ever got booked, God alone knows what name he'd have given him. A player who's had good reports, Sam Field. Yeah, he well, he's a field the shield, we call him. He's a good defensive midfield player. And again, he's another one that in a Watford would flourish in a QPR team that's got crap defenders. It, it, there's only so long his legs are. He can only stretch those out so, so far. far. He's played, he, when we signed him three years ago, he was a bit injury prone, but he's got over that. He's obviously got used to uh, the league, played a lot of games. And yeah, I'd play him. I think he's a good player as well, but... Again, he doesn't score any goals. That's the problem. You've got a midfield, another midfield player that doesn't score any goals. You've got no attackers not scoring goals. Midfield players, apart from Cherum, the odd Willett goal, and that's it. So Field needs to score goals to be top-end championship, bottom-end premiership. So for Watford and teams like that who've got aspirations of playoffs, I'm not so sure, to be honest with you, but he is a good player. Maybe in a better team he would get a better name for himself, but I like him. He is a good player. Good stuff. A couple of games short of the 2000 mark, but I think it's one one I'd like to go to anyway, which is Lyndon Dykes, because you mentioned him pre... Yes, that's probably why. But he is literally... He's on about 1,800 minutes so far. It means he's played a lot of games. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, tell us about Lyndon. Total respect, guy. He nearly... I think I told you, nearly died with pneumonia last year, and he got off his sick bed and finished the season off last year. Listen, he's number nine, and he scored... In three years or three and a half years, I don't know, 12 goals or something ridiculous. And 
He's, he does put himself in the right position, but he doesn't finish. He's no Charlie Austin. Do you know what I mean? You cannot rely on him scoring a goal. He just, he's just not, he's not a good enough number nine for that league. Division one, he'd probably get a dozen to 15 goals, but he's not even a 20 goal a season striker in division one. He's definitely not going to do it in the championship. Fans have got, fans have made their minds up. They don't want him as the number nine. Ah, fair yeah. enough. He, he scored against Bournemouth on Saturday, didn't he? Did he score, Lyndon Dykes? Yeah, did he see it? A deflected yeah. goal. It wasn't really oh, his okay. goal. Goal, he probably would have saved it. He got a shot away and it was on target. That's a miracle. And he scored a bullet three weeks ago against Hull. You can't live on that forever, can you? No. I'd like true. to know what's happened to Joe Gubbins. Is, is he now still we're playing? Getting, now we're getting to the players. <laughs> oh. you, you, you're, you're not ruined his career. He left for loan. He went on a loan <laughs> straight after Watford. That was it. We, uh, we, we tend to do that sort of thing to players, either on the podcast or when we play them. In that case, I'm going to ask about Sinclair Armstrong. He, he came on, as I yeah. said, that second half looked really good. And you can tell us about him while I look up where Joe Gubbins has gone, because let's face it, that's that's okay. what everybody's really interested in. But what about Sinclair Armstrong? <laughs> really stocky, powerful, yeah. hard runner. And we looked at him and went, oh, shit. And even in that second yeah. half, when we're falling it up, he gave us the scare of our lives. How's he done for the rest of the season? Oh, do you know what? I like him. Again, he can't score goals, but I do like him. He's another one that's built so strong. He's lightning. He is quick. If we actually had a midfield player who was supposed to be Dazel, who could thread a ball through the middle, we he would score some goals, but we don't have any midfield players that can play that ball. And so he's continually hovering around the halfway line and the ball gets played forward and he goes straight to the opposition goalkeeper. He doesn't stand a chance. But on Saturday, he did take the ball on from the halfway line, skinned the the right back and put the ball in the net. Good goal. If he could do that a dozen times a season, he'd be worth worth 10 million. We'd be holding on to him. It's as simple as that. So what do you do when these players get good? They leave, don't they? The cycle is awful. I think QPR have got a problem there because those three players that you said, I think they're all going to well, maybe not Sinclair, but the others will probably leave in the summer, I think. And as you say, another player who left on loan immediately after the Watford game, I'm not saying that he was scapegoated for it, but he was immediately sent, it seems, to Accrington Stanley. Accrington yeah. Stanley, yeah. who are they? I don't know how he's doing. How's well, he doing, Pete? Because well, I, I don't worry about him, really, which is why I've never looked it up. But yeah, I did know he went north. Well, he has played a total of 24 games, including obviously the, the single wow. game uh, in the championship for Watford. In the two games straight after you played us, you had Cardiff, which he was on the bench, Ipswich, he was on the bench, yeah. and then he was travelling north. And he's had another 23 appearances. He's he's picked up two yellows. Oh, no, three yellows, because one in the FA Cup. And he's made, as I say, 23 appearances and done absolutely nothing in terms of assists or goals. But Hey, he's getting the game time. That's what you want to have at, at second division Accrington Stanley. Do they still do? I wonder if they do shirt sponsorship at Accrington Stanley. If the podcast could sponsor, should, should we go after Joe Gubbins and see whether or not we can sponsor him? See if we can sponsor his shirt. That's, 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 I think there would be. I think he, I think he'd spot your sarcasm if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> They've chased me up here to ruin my season further. The bastards. Quite. Yeah, he, hate, he hates you guys. He he blames you for his. Inefficiency in playing football, but hey, there you go. Hey, Justin, I'd go to the end of season awards and that just to meet him and go, Look, we sponsor your shirt, Joe. This is fantastic, Mr. Gubbins. Can we all have a picture of Mr. Gubbins, please? There's, Do you know what? There's a guy that day. He, he, he wasn't the only one that day, was he? Let's be honest. The whole t- the whole QPR team were dreadful that day, really bad. We scored within about 30 seconds, didn't we? Yeah. 
your seat and I texted or you texted me and went, I can't believe this. I was like, well, I can't actually. I wasn't expecting Danny Bashiro to score within bloody 30 seconds or it was. But yeah, I honestly thought this is going to be a cricket score, but we, I don't know. Yeah. It should have been. It should have been. should have been. Yeah. We've looked back on the season. We've talked about, obviously, the financial future and the concerns and obviously that. But but obviously, you're hoping that the the future is going to be built around Marty Sefuentes, who is the, the manager yeah. coming. Now, he's had a bit of a nomadic, wandering, managerial kind of career. Uh, started off at Sabadell yeah. um, in Spain. Sabadell with a team that actually, if you remember when the there was going to be a takeover of Udinese and 10% of Watford and they were going to buy another Spanish team, that team was Sabadell. But he started back there in 05 as a kind of under 19s got up to assistant manager role then went off to Ajax as a youth coach now that is one hell of a hell of a name on your CV even if it is only for five months because could you imagine being at Ajax coaching youth you think everything's going well and suddenly you move across to Millwall Gee whiz, that's interesting. He went there, he's gone across to, he was his first or second managerial role was San Andreu in the, which is like the small, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Almost like cult team in Barcelona. It's like, it's the real homegrown, we don't like Espanol, we don't like Barca. That's where that is, which is quite cool. And then he'd gone and had a bit of a career in, in Sweden, especially at uh, Sandjufjord and Alberg and Harmaby before you went there. Harmaby is the team that is part owned by Ibrahimovic over there so he's he's gone up the ranks and he's gone up the rankings and ended up coming to you what did you know about him and what elements have maybe impressed you in that time i he was the guy that they would have gone for pre beal when beal got the job at qpr he yeah. was the other one that they were going to go for they went for beal and yeah that was the right choice at, the, at that time and they've obviously Kept him in the, in the back. They went for Ains because they, I think they probably thought, well, get him in and a bit of enthusiasm and he can't be that bad. Little did they know he was shit. And they've then gone, they then went for the typical Critch mold again, trying to get the poor man's beer in. And, and that didn't work. And at that point, you realise it's the players. It's not the managers. Oh. The, the players are not good enough. Bar the three, the three or four that you've mentioned. And then you go for this guy because you, if you're going to go down and you're going to lose, you want to play some decent football, don't you? You you, you don't just want to pay 35 quid, 30 quid to watch 4-4-2 or five in midfield with a lone striker. You want to make sure that you're watching some decent football. And he's done that, to be fair. I don't think any QPR fan expects any more now than relegation. And that's not being negative. That's just realistic. I think a month ago, six weeks ago, we were probably looking looking like we stood a good chance. Sheffield Wednesday have... The trouble is all the results have gone against Sheffield Wednesday have picked up. Huddersfield have picked up. Millwall, we played them Boxing Day. If we'd have beaten them on Boxing Day, we'd have been two points behind them. Now we're 11 points behind them. How quick it goes over that Christmas period. Games coming thick and fast. Yeah. Oh, so, so the answer to the question is, I do like him. He's, he, he does play good football. How can you judge somebody in... Two and a half months. You can't. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? He's got a transfer window. We're not getting linked to any players. I can't see us signing any players on the back of today's news. I just don't think we've got any money. So, and if we don't change, I looked at the stats, Pete. You're the stats man, but 20 games to go. We're on 21 points. We need to win eight or nine games. We didn't win. I think we won eight games all last year. So, writing's on the wall, I think, at the moment. Yeah, he's won you three games, drawn four and lost. I think it's five. Yeah, which yeah. if he can repeat it, it's fine. But those three games came along like buses all at once. And if there's no sign of you haven't won in... in. But yeah. as ever, as we say, what happened last season, QPR yeah. haven't won in 19. 
oh, look, it's Watford turning the <laughs> yeah. corner of White City. Here they yeah. come, everybody. Yeah. So there's always hope where there's Watford. There's a leaky defence at times. <laughs> Who knows? We'll come and do what we can for you. We shall see. Thank you. We'd appreciate it. Can I just say something very inappropriate? Yes. Gary Mabbott has just emptied his sack. Oh, 14, we're on first. We're out, we're out. 14. We're at home, we're at home. First one out the hat, we are at home two. What number's that? 10, who's that? Who's 10? Southampton. Southampton, fuck. Home to Southampton. What's wrong with that? That's a good, you can beat them. What are you talking about? I'll turn that off now, then. They they had us, didn't they? How did we get us? No, we we drew with them, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we drew. They're going, to, they're going to field a weak team. They're after promotion, lads. They're not going to come. They're not going to come to yours with a full team. Yeah, but it's Russell Martin. He's a cunt. What can you do? I mean, yes. he's, he's a, <laughs> I fucking hate Russell Martin. I really do. <laughs> Why? Why do you hate him so much? Uh, mainly because Paul Ince isn't in the game anymore, so my bile has to turn oh. somewhere and it goes towards him. Oh no! I just if if he was chocolate, he would eat himself. He's not chocolate. I suspect oh. he's probably had a few goes at eating himself. We just lose every week, Carl. It's it's, it's I I like and uh, at the moment I feel like QPR are going through the menopause. That's what it feels like. We need a massive, massive truckload of HRT. That's what we need. Hi, this is Derek Payne, and you are listening to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <whistles> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, okay, well, I think we have reached the time where it's time for us to take a trip down... S-Y-E, completely rubbish prediction league. No, God, please, no! No! Yes, here we are in our second masterful season of the... Are we still doing this? Yes, we are, shut up, (laughs) shut up. Now... Who's winning? Who's winning? You'll find out in a second. Well, yes. Uh-huh. Well, I can tell you now. I can tell you now. It's at the, at the moment the one-one prediction has become its own prediction. It did this at the start of the season when when Richard joined us for the first game of the season. It is leading with twenty-one points, having got five points in the last two games where we've had draws. Previously, it hasn't been. In second place is John Parslow with Backgammon FC. You may remember Backgammon FC, and and it's oh yeah oh. He's still going. He's still going very strongly. Predictions League. And it's QPR versus Watford at Loftus Road. And today, representing the Super Hoops, is QPR playing legend and 80s manager, Terry Venables. Rest in peace, Terry. And a nice touch for laying down a plastic pitch for today's game. And representing Watford against the Super Hoops. It's Watford's own 80s legend, Watford Boy 82, 
who revealed last week that he was Hertfordshire hula hoop champion back in the 80s. Well, the dice are on the pitch. Carl won the toss and has chosen <laughs> beef hula hoops for this game. QPR to go first. What can Terry do? Oh, struggling to knock them down. And that's five minus four. It's one for QPR. Carl to go next. Oh, and it's five minus five is zero. So losing start for Carl James. Ah. It's QPR one. Watford nil. Yeah. Puffed. <laughs> Puffed. I've been um, called many yeah. things in my time, but there's a couple of things to pick up on here. Questions, yeah. <laughs> I've got They're off points to be made. I've got some points to be made. I was born in 1982, so I wasn't a hula hoop champion in 82, and I don't remember ever talking to John Parslow about hula hoops. I think so, he said in, you, you were you were in the 80s, so you, oh, you had eight years eight, to get to hula hoop championship I, I level. I feel like he's aged me somewhat in that. Um, <laughs> what, really? Yeah. He's come on, he's making a prediction via backgammon, utilising hula hoops as some kind of discs to knock over the dice, and yes, the thing and that you're taking me, issue with is And then he, and then he called me a Puffed at the end. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what happened. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's but if I can dream by Elvis from the 1968 comeback special, ah, oh, is but is, it is wasn't kind. by Elvis. It was oh. by the one and only Mr. Terry Venables. It was no. a it, yes, oh, Elsa. Yeah, oh yeah. no, why? Terry was oh, a crooner no. supreme. Absolutely. Let's face it. Terry Venables was one of these deeply annoying people. He could play football. He could manage no, he football. Wasn't. He could sing. And do you remember what he wrote? Do we remember this? No. He wrote a TV series, Hazel. Yeah, but what was it called? It, Hazel. It was a detective series, and they they filmed it and put it out on, on TV, and he wrote books Are and everything. You taking the piss? Yep. Terry Venables wrote a wow. TV series? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Hell. It was a... a, a I knew he had all this in his locker. I, this is was that actually the Terry Venables he, version of that song? He had song? A, few, a few other things in his locker as well. But anyway. <laughs> I, I have it on good... <laughs> thank you. I have it on good authority, <laughs> i.e. John, telling me that... No, that was indeed Terry Venables singing If I Can Dream in the background. Well, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll put it out there. Thank you very much, Mr. Pars, though, for including me on your, your backgammon plastic pitch scenario. Much the plastic pitch was interesting. That was I, interesting. I like that. Really well. the, the level of detail. The plastic pitch is, is a very good... He basically put in... He's put in a green kind of plastic underlay. Looked like he was basically about to assassinate somebody and wrap the body and move it across. And and in terms of character assassination, he certainly did that for Carl, which is very nice. What, have I been asleep? What's this hula hoop championship thing all about then? I don't know. I have no idea. Are you, are you good with a hula hoop then? Uh, can, you, can you hula hoop? Have you, I, have don't, you ever... I, I don't know. Apparently I can. I don't know what. That's what I mean. This information. Oh, I'll hula hoop now and and see how good you are with it. I I'll think. see you down the bunker at the next. As we are nothing, if not rigorous, when it comes to scientific exploration on this on this well whatever <laughs> this thing right. is. No, no, no. I, I think we, we should, I think we should look at the evidence. Guitar and the last podcast. Yes. I am not fucking doing a hula hoop for <laughs> other people's amusement. Yes, you're doing it down the bunker, mate. I, I can see so. Peter on Amazon as we speak. It's <laughs> on there by my mate. That's hang on, that's on hang on. I've got, I've got a recorder around here somewhere for you. Hold on. Uh, yeah, now the recorder I can do. <laughs> now that, that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. That'll come along. Anyway, I was going to say we should be scientific and look at the evidence, which is basically this is somebody ma- 
suggesting on league match number 27 that Carl has used hula hoops, but this is a man who has carried a backgammon set all over southwest Hertfordshire, possibly parts of Ireland as well. So I think we can probably suggest he's having a senior moment. What can we do? Anyway, he's in second place, Rich. This is how bad this thing has got. Carlos is in third place on 18 points, two points behind John there. The EFL, for whom you play, is just a point behind Carlos. Mid-table kind of respectability, 17 points. But level with you and would be a point ahead, but for the fact that Millwall docked him a point for basically, well, nothing much really, but we thought it was quite funny, is Jarvis Cocker Spaniel, who this week has taken a trip to Brighton. Queen's Park Rangers versus Watford, so we thought we'd come here and do the prediction. Right, why not? So I got my Sharpie out and I started defacing half of Brighton's beach. I don't know how legal that is, but anyway. So numbers 0 to 6. And we're playing QPR away, mate. So Jar, Jarvis, take away. He went to number one. QPR one there. Definitely getting a goal there, Rich. Now pick Watford score, mate. Watford five. QPR one, Watford five here at Brighton. Pleasure be. Just going to get rid of the evidence. Hold on. Let's go. Now, you see, what's happened there? Yeah, for anybody who's oh, listening. He put dog food under that stone. He put dog food under five, oh. didn't he? Well, this is the first time, and let's be honest, uh, Jarvis Cocker and, I mean, we suspect his owner, mainly Ben, who seems who seems to have a, a lovely blend of both dog ownership and lunacy going on, which is very nice, has <laughs> has found a number of different ways of, of getting the dog to predict the, the, the scores, and he's, he's above Justin because we haven't got down that far yet. So... It can't be too bad. This is the first time he's come away from the dog biscuit kind of involvement, other than the one week, of course, when he had the tombola of shite, which was yeah. which we we questioned whether or not we questioned whether or not there was actually any kind of actual kind of mental telekinesis between uh, Jarvis and the spinning of pot. This time he's just writing numbers on pebbles on Brighton Beach, and then to get rid of them, he's just thrown them back onto the beach. So uh, can I say if that was one of the most successful ones ever? Was. There was no messing. About, no, yeah. no messing about. It was boss, boss, done straight away. I think we found a new way of Jarvis right. predicting. What we need to do is get hold of 10 house bricks and draw numbers on them. Yeah. You can or, pick them off house bricks or something like if that. If you don't mind going to Brighton once a week, Ben, yeah. that might also uh, be good Lovely too. use of the fat boy slim at the end for Brighton. Very nice. Right now, yeah. Very good. Yeah. He came in week four, Rich. He decided that us doing okay. this alone wasn't enough so we could have a dog involved. So now we do, he which is, is the, good. Um, he is the Joey Barton of the Prediction League. Yes. I could do that on Blackpool Beach, couldn't I? No, because you can't write numbers on turds. You've actually got to be stones. Wait, what sort of fucking town thinks Blackpool Tower's on fire when it's a flappy orange thing? thing. What sort of place is that? Oh, I was looking for that fire. There was no fire, was there? There was no fire. That's a joke. There was no fire. No. 
Right. Therefore. Anyway, brief, briefly returning back to business, Justin is one point below a dog randomly predicting scores here. This is how insightful our own views are. And artificial stupidity, which is me pressing the random button, is sitting at the bottom of the league on 15 points. But we will see how things go. So the scores we've got is John has gone 1-0 to QPR. Jarvis Cocker Spaniel has gone 5-1 to Watford. The randomised artificial stupidity has gone 4-1 to Watford, particularly stupid. 1-1 has gone 1-1, as is its way. You can have any other scores there. But Rich... What do you think the score is going to be, Loftus Road, when the Hornets come a visiting? You're not going to like me, okay? Because we could never not like you. We could never not like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I genuinely, genuinely believe that QPR are going to win on Saturday. Ooh. 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 The, the omens are there. The fact that Carl was born 1982, and there was a reference there. Yeah. The fact that Harry Venables was referenced, and very good. Obviously, he's a king at QPR, and he took them to the 82 FA final. Plastic pitch. Don't forget the plastic pitch. Vintage year 82. So all of that, I'm going to go for positive result. I asked my little boy earlier, who's getting more and more into football, who Carl met in the summer, and Justin, of course. And I asked him, and he said, 2-1. And I agree. I think it's our day on Saturday. And out of all the teams in the league, you are more likely to us than anybody. Because you have lost to QPR more times than any other club in the championship. Oh. <laughs> oh well, what can I say? We we like we doing ain't... our bit for charity. That's the only thing. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. So So 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, two, one. Two, one QPR fighting talk. Gone with yeah. John with yeah. John Batgammon's or a one nil difference, but going QPR's way. We turn to Justin, who is who is below Carl currently in the table, therefore now allowed to select when he wishes to, which is very kind, which is very nice. What are you going to be going for, Loftus Road away? Our waveform's been pretty good, hasn't it? To be honest, last time out, a three-all draw against Plymouth. But we have been doing all right away. We are scoring away. I'm going to go 3-1 Watford. Oh, there's a cough. What? Now, what? Why are you looking at me quizzically, Mr. Honey? You know you're not going to win. That's not going to That's not going to happen. You'll bottle it on Saturday. Full well that we'll score within the first 10 minutes. No, You'll batter us for 15 minutes. You'll score within the first three, and we'll be going, oh, not this. Right, and then the second, you'll get a goal at the beginning of the second half, and then you'll collapse, and we'll take you apart. 2-1. I bet you were fiver. (laughs) I bet each of you were fiver. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> to make your point before this gets silly yeah, yeah, will, you po- will you post it if I win will you post it down yeah, if I win I will yeah. I promise, I promise if, if Watford win I'll send you all a fiver right, I'll send it to you I've got, I've got your bank account details I'll send 15 quid that you guys can share down the bunker I'll have that Let's talk to the purveyor of fine turds from Blackpool Beach, which was the greatest line I think I've ever heard. What are you going to go for the score versus QPR? Let's well, get this, send this home in the manner in which it's carried on. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's a couple of things to, to bring up. I'm going, which is excellent. Looking forward to my trip down to to, to QPR. Early kickoff on TV. I do agree with Justin. Our away form, we've been a little bit better. So because we're on TV, I'll go for QPR to score early on as teams do against us, and for us to come back 2-1. So I'm going to go QPR 1, Watford 2. 
Ooh. So we've got 2-1 either way, according to Richard or Carl. We've gone 3-1 for Justin. 4-1, says random uh, artificial intelligence. 5-1, says a dog graffiti artist on Brighton Beach. And Dan John is going 1-0 to the R's. There we go. Their points will be allocated. Come what may, we shall see how things go. Scratch your eyes. You do not. Rubbish this prediction league is. Now, Justin, are there any places where visiting supporters may wish to consider upon their trip to West London? Yes, I think there are. Let me just check my messages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the level of preparation for this okay. has not improved. So, so this was again sourced by Mr. Gary Wood. Well done, Gary. Uh, and he, he recommends the Upside Down House at Westfield White City. It's. It looks as though it's in Westfield or, or around Westfield Shopping Centre. It's very much like the one in Brighton. Have you seen the one in Brighton that's on the beach? It's like an upside down house. Yes. You've seen it. You've seen it on top. Yeah. Very peculiar looking thing. There's one of those there. So uh, it's at the moment it looks like it might be closed. Uh, hopefully it'll be open on Sunday. Um, there we are, the upside down house in Westfield White City. Any reviews of this? Have you have you, have you uh, checked out on TripAdvisor? No, because I'm not that organised, Peter. But if you just bear with me for a second. <laughs> I'll, fill, I'll fill some time for you, Justin. Please, could you? Thank Alleg- you. Allegedly, there's not going to be anywhere to get a drink pre-game. Yeah, for, for QPR, because the old Bill don't want to open the pubs too early for our visit down there. So That's going to get you out. Massive trouble, aren't we? Well, I'm not, because I'm on dry January, so it suits me. I'm absolutely over the moon about that. So, yes. Oh, so you can take the moral high ground on that one, absolutely. then. Absolutely. Well done, sir. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations to the Metropolitan Police on their decision. Gary has announced, by the way, that he is not taking part in Dry January. And in an act of solidarity, I have joined him in not doing Dry January. And we're going to support each other through January whilst other people are abstaining and we're not. Are you cutting up then? Is that what you're doing effectively? You're cutting up on your alcohol, both of you. You're increasing it. Effectively, we are seeing what Dry Janney brings and ignoring it completely. Are you you still drinking health supplements this evening? (laughs) No, I am not because the glass is currently empty. But afterwards, Um, in a short while, I shall be. Or is it half full? So the Upside Down House, uh, a review here from Maxine Trick-Jones. Fun place to visit. Lots of opportunities to pose for funny pics. Went as a group of three. We were lucky that we had the house to ourselves for some time. We don't want to know what you got up to in there, Maxine, to be quite honest with you. There's some funny, interesting sort of pictures of people doing upside downy things. So if that is your bag, make sure you get across to the upside down house at Westfield on Sunday before the game. There I've got to be honest, of go. all the things that we have covered so far, mm. which have included a variety of places, including an MOT centre, that sounds the most shit thing I've ever heard. It does. Rich. But worse than an MOT centre. Oh, yes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can't see the appeal. The monkey forest getting attacked and eaten by monkeys in Stoke sounded much more entertaining than an upside down house. The monkey forest, yeah. to be honest with you, was too high a bar too soon, to be quite frank. It was yeah. too early in the season yeah. with that, yeah. Did you get attacked by a monkey? I've been there. I never got attacked. A monkey jumped into my son's pram, which was all... That's bad. And are you sure you got the right one out again? Thank you. Do you guys remember you used to be able to get a monkey? uh, You go to, like, a fairground or whatever, and a little monkey would sit on your shoulder, and you get, like, have your picture... Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to those little monkeys then? They never have them anymore, do they? They never have them. cruel or... ...ethical treatment of animals got involved in that and went, could you stop using monkeys for amusement? And then... Decided you couldn't win a goldfish as well. You can't have a goldfish now, yeah. No. Really? 
God, what did Joey Barton say about that then? Joey (laughs) Barton would go mad. Talking of West London, I had to bring a goldfish back from West London once. I got given it during a Christmas party at a work stew, which was fucking awkward when you're drunk on the tube trying to get that cunt home. (laughs) Yeah. Opening Sorry. that, opening that during Someone, Secret Santa must have been a bit of hell. Secret Santa, how did you end up with a goldfish? It was a Secret Santa, up? yeah. And I got some fucker gave me livestock. I had to <laughs> get <Hang> it. On. <laughs> was it wrapped or something, or was it? Yeah, wrapped? it was wrapped, and they should be really gentle with it. And as I opened it, it was a fucking fish. I was like, what am I meant to do with that? Is this fish still with us? Oh no, it di- it died long ago. It had a couple of. It had a good. Six months with me, I think, because I it had a little tank and everything. That wasn't the most enjoyable trip home, I must admit. And people must have looked at me and gone fucking mental. Look at this guy. <laughs> Leave him alone. He's mad. Yeah, what he's mad. He's got a fish process? with him. I can't ask what the thought process is. Someone going, yeah, Carl will love this. Let's get him out for a secret I, I think the thought process was the complete opposite. Will be he'll fucking hate this. We'll get him. <laughs> That's yeah. I love the yeah. fact. I love the fact that the person who bought this packaged it up, wrapped it, enclosed this fish in darkness. The fish. I'm don't get me wrong. I'm sure the fish is quite used to darkness. But on the inside of a fucking what's going on here? Kind of wrapping. Was was it in a bowl of some kind, or was it, was it just in, in like a bag? A little, a little square tank. It was. It was full of water. Everything. I, it was chaos. I love the way this cruel bastard gives it to you and then says, and be careful with it. With a fish in one hand and a, trying to find your wallet in the other. Did it have a lid? Did it have a lid or was it, it stopping about? It, okay. it had a lid. It had a lid, yeah. I had good six months. I called him cunt because <laughs> I, I kept, because I, that's all I called him on the way home. But I, I grew quite to, to like him and then he died. Goldfish. <laughs> Yeah. Did you clean the bowl, Carl? Did you ever clean the bowl? Because that's what goldfish do. They shit everywhere. Yep. Nobody I, ever cleans the bowl. I think I cleaned it once and then thought, yeah, that was effort. And I didn't do it again. Uh, me looking after a goldfish isn't as bad as these fish that are in the pet stores and all that. Okay, here we go. This is another one of, of the tales which involves my brother. Yes, he who has been run over oh. by a glider. You'll get the idea where this is going. My my brother was one of these said people who would go into fish t- stores and stuff. And, and at home, before I left home, we had this six foot by whatever it was, tank, right? In the, Oh, God, it was ridiculous. And we had this massive catfish, right? It was about two foot long. This thing was enormous. And you'd come home at night and my brother would get different bits of kind of food and he'd freeze it in, in little kind of ice cube trays, get it out, drop it in, it would gradually thaw out and then it would disintegrate and the thing would eat it. Well, this two foot long catfish that my mother ended up calling Gary Lineker for reasons that we've never quite understood. She said, well, well, basically, you'd you'd come home and there would just be this thump, thump, and you'd, like, turn on the light and the the catfish had got bored waiting for the thing to thaw out and would basically have this ice cube load load of food and would just basically flap its tail and whack itself into the end of the tank trying to force the thing down its gullet at about three times. When you're pissed at about 2.30 in the morning, you don't know what the hell that is. It's quite (laughs) freaky to see. After you've seen yeah. it a few times, it's quite interesting to watch, but never mind. Yes. My old man had a, an aquarium back in the 80s, and uh, he had all sorts of things. And he had a, a little mini shark thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he had something. Anyway, had this like crayfish type thing. And this thing would often walk out at the top of the tank, and you'd find it walking across the carpet, and you'd have to pick it up and put it back in the tank. <laughs> That's a problem. That's, That's a problem. It wasn't very big, it was quite small. Anyway, so. Was it a fish? Was it no, really a fish? Crayfish, like lobster type little thing. Tiny lobster thing, isn't it? Yeah. Little lobster thing. And uh, it went missing. And we couldn't find it. And then one day, when this is serious, this is a true story. And one day I went out somewhere and I had these wetty boots and I put my foot in it. So it went. 
<laughs> and I went, oh, what's that? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, the crayfish was on the bottom of my heel. Oh, I had no. to go home and tell my dad I found the crayfish, but you might certainly uh, <laughs> with some bad news, Dad. Oh, I found the crabby stick in me welly. Why didn't, you, why didn't you just go out and buy another one then and put it back? Was, Would he have known? 13, 13, Richard. I didn't have uh-huh. the money or the car to go to the aquatic centre in Eastcote to buy a new one. I had to just oh, okay. and tell him that his favourite <laughs> crayfish was no I mean, more. The, We've done quite a lot of podcasts. I don't think we've quite gone off on a tangent quite like this before. This is rather interesting. No, this is why we don't win awards, Carlos. This yeah, is why yeah. we get you've got, We're in January, so you've got plenty of time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to plan for your secret Santa. Go out and buy livestock for your friends and family. <laughs> livestock. That, that's the best thing that I can say to you. Buy a goat. Monkeys, <laughs> monkeys crayfish. You can go out there and get them. Yeah. Really, upset, really upset the people you love and, and your work colleagues and buy them buy them an animal of some <laughs> a crayfish is for life not just christmas everyone <laughs> i was gonna the the crayfish that, that you you trod on so so ceremoniously was it called ronnie yeah. or reggie oh, oh very good sir yeah very good wish we'd thought of that well, i wish we'd seen I, that inventive i bet that crayfish years. as your foot came into that welly he went oh I suspect he was already dead because he hadn't been in water for about three days. We thought he'd gone. He's packed his bags and fucked off. I think he was actually called Lobby the Lobster. I think that's about as inventive as we got. Lobby the Lobster. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't very happy, bless him. It was, yeah, there was a definite really. crunch. I was like, what the fuck's that? And I went, I was like, oh no. It's just fucking frustration. That's a problem. That yeah. is an issue. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. I have got a story about a tarantula, but I'll tell that another time. We can't keep doing animals. <laughs> big thing. When are we going to be able to bring that up again? Yeah, it'll come up some point. It'll come up at some point. Okay. All right. Well, right. Now tell us the tarantula story. And I'll... I want to hear the tarantula story very quickly. That's a really wild okay. show. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you this tarantula story. So my, my dear friend who who unfortunately sadly passed away not too long ago, Al, he used to collect all weird and wonderful things, snakes and stuff. We came back from the pub pissed as assholes once, beyond pissed, in fact. And he said to me, he said, do you want to hold my tarantula? I was like, ooh, I'm not, I'm not too sure. <laughs> I said, well, I'd, had a, I'd had a beer, so it was fine. So I was like, yeah, go on then, fuck it. I'll hold it. So he said, hold, hold the palm of your hand out. He said, but like big flinch or anything like that, because they're, they're, they're very delicate. I was like, yeah, it's fine. And he, he put it in and it got to about the end of my wrist and it's two front legs went up in the air and I went, oh, and I, I fling my hand and it hit the wall on the other side of the room and it, it broke in half. It snapped. It broke in half. It, 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 I mean, to say he was a little bit upset was beyond. Tell me how much it was. It was 700 pounds. Oh. 700 pounds for a fucking spider. Oh my God. Well, it, it's the last time he lets you touch his tarantula. Well, it was the last time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, don't, yeah. Boys and girls, don't play with other people's spiders when you've had a drink because all sorts of things can happen. I didn't think that yeah. was going to get worse. I didn't think that was going to get worse. I didn't think that was going to yeah. get worse. And we'd had a few drinks and we went back and Al said to me, would you like to hold my tarantula? And I was like, hold on, we, we've all had nights like this. This could get, this, this could get awkward. The got a bit blue. Yeah, yeah. For, fortunately, of course, it ends with a, with a tarantula hitting the wall and disintegrating on impact. So everybody's relieved now. Brilliant. God. I do have a tarantula story. It's not quite as good as that, but uh, when I was working in the theatre, at Watersmeet, we had the really wild show in and it was Terry Nutkins and Chris Packham and possibly Michaela Strachan and 
these people putting on a show and the idea was they're going to have these weird and wonderful creatures and there was a tarantula in it and Terry Nutkins I think took this tarantula out and put it in his hand and he went up to my boss like that <laughs> and my boss very calmly said to him put it back in the box or I'm going to throw it on the floor and stamp on it <laughs> Terry put it back in the box because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we now know they're worth 700 quid and it would have been a pretty dull show if Tony the tarantula didn't make an appearance because Peter had trodden on it. So, yes, there you go. Terry, oh, welcome Terry, to Do Not Scratch Eyes. <laughs> Terry Nutkins did have the most pleasing of haircuts, didn't he? Yeah. He was that sort of Scum. Max Wall. I'm bald, but I'm not going to let that stop me growing my hair long. Look. Oh, I've got to look him up. What's his name? Terry, Terry Nutkins. Nutkins. You can't miss him. He's got a skullet, mate. He's got the... the he looks like he should be playing lead guitar for Slade. Oh, there, there you go. go. For all the oh, teenagers. Right, yes. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, he looks, he looks like a bad version of Doc out of Back to the Future. Yeah, he's got a finger missing as well. We well, did have. He's dead now, I think, Terry. Yeah, yeah, he did have. Yeah. Oh, that's a fucking haircut. That is, isn't it? He's a skullet, yeah, mate. That. Yeah. Oh yes. Fucking hell, that is a poor Terry Nutkins. Yeah. Jesus Christ! I'm going to stamp on it. There you go, Rich. As we said earlier on, this podcast has got no better, no better. There you go. There you go. Right. right. I think that probably brings us to the end of these particular proceedings. Carlos, you're going on Sunday. I am, yes. So Guilty. enjoy that. <clears throat> Are you at the mercy of the London Underground? Last time getting home from there, there was lots of swearing. I think it was raining and Greg wasn't very pleased. Oh, that last, yeah. that last game, it was the start of many things which we don't wish to discuss anymore. Done. Yes, that was, that, was a, that was an awkward game, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's. I like QPR away, proper, proper stadium. Unfortunately, we do normally have a little bit of problems down there for some reason between... Watford and QPR, but hopefully it will be all good. Nice early, early kickoff. I'm not drinking, so it will be absolutely fine. Yes. Yes, exactly. Let's say goodbye to Richard. As always, yeah. pleasure having you on. Do not scratch your eyes. I've got a feeling we will meet each other again next season, Richard. I don't, I, do you think you're going to get relegated? Um, yeah. You do? No, I do think we're going to get relegated. So it might be 12 months before we see each other again. Oh, that's sad. That makes me sad. Well, we'll do what we yeah. do with, uh, yeah. with the other people that we like, like Barry. We'll just get you on when we when we get to Yeah, you. just get you on for a Christmas. Yeah, I'd yeah. love that. I, I'll tell you, I love your podcast. Invite me on whoever you're playing. <laughs> I'll give my view on the other team. I'll slate them badly. <laughs> so It only works when you're talking about QPR, though, because we know how real it is when you slate QPR. Because... <laughs> Can you, can you feel my pain? Can you feel my pain? That's the question. Can I'm you feel it? Every time I can feel your pain. And I think you said 5-0 last time. It was close. It was 4-0. So, yeah. yeah. It's got the other way this time, so who knows? I think it'll be closer than you think, only because probability. I'm trying to be positive. Probability, you're bound to come across a team that's shit and lose, and it's going to be us on Saturday. Oh, we've done it before. Uh, yeah, we've done it before. Yeah, we've done it before. Yeah, we'll do it again. <laughs> All right, well, let's say goodbye. Thank you very much for coming on, Richard. Best of luck yeah. for the rest of the season, apart from Sunday, of course. Cheers for coming Likewise. on. Thanks, fellas. See you Top soon. Man, Top man. Excellent. Well, oh, well, it was lovely to see Rich there, and also, obviously, nice to hear how, how Joe Gubbins is getting on up at Accrington Stanley. <laughs> It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.